You are listening to episode number 67 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I'm Jenny Randolph. Welcome back. As we gather around, I wanted to talk about something that happened this morning, actually. This is Sunday. We're sitting here on the orange couch on a Sunday afternoon. We more or less just got back from church and all that. And if you go to church, you know that we have some music and then I get up and I say a few words by way of welcome. I think a lot of churches do that. So mm-hmm. I told this story this morning is fu- kind of funny because I didn't know, I never know what I'm going to say. Cause that part's not really planned out. It just sort of, I say what comes to me, what spirit guides me to say, but this time around I had a story to tell because it happened to me this morning. Part of what we do is uh, on Sunday morning, I go and pick up the coffee to serve during a fellowship hour. You know, I get a big old cardboard box of coffee and hot water and all that kind of stuff. And it's a downtown place. And so downtown stuff happens. And uh, I got out of the Jeep and there was a gentleman sort of standing right there. And uh, you could see that he lives out of doors. You know, I don't know how else to say it. And he asked me if I had a dollar. And truthfully, I said I didn't because I tend not to carry cash for whatever reason. It's not any kind of a, a... religious belief or anything. I just don't, I tend not to carry cash. And, uh, so I told him truthfully, I didn't have any. And, uh, he was cool about it. And I went in, I got the coffee and all that kind of stuff. And I came back out, put the coffee and he said, you have a good day. And I remembered that in the center console thing, the armrest thing, sometimes I have a couple of bucks in there whenever I get cash, which is yeah, rare. like for tolls and yeah, for yeah. things of Whatever. that nature. And so yeah. I usually put some in the armrest bank just because it's nice to have a couple of bucks to get yourself out of a jam. There's hardly ever any cash in there because I have children. But anyway, <laughs> but I, I, I thought, oh, you know what? I'll take a look really quick. And I found a buck in there and I got back out and he was still standing right there. And I went and I gave him the dollar and he said, hey, I want to thank you for your change of heart. Oh. And uh, look, I was happy to do it. That's what I was supposed to do. That's what, you know, I, I'm... Well, it was what you were guided to do. Exactly. And, and I, I had that what would Jesus do kind of moment. Well, like, sure. Oh, and in those situations, I always just sort of vibe it out. And because it's you not can, always the right thing to do. It's not always the right exactly. thing to do. And so you can't say that you will always do this or no. you'll never do that. Sometimes it's clear that you're helping somebody buy drugs or right. some kind of a scam mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, you let God decide. But in that moment, I was very clearly guided that this is what I should do. And I could have driven away and it was no harm, no foul. I was already safely back in the Jeep. I wasn't going to have a guilt trip. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was no big deal. And he said, thank you for your change of heart. And I had a moment where I actually wanted to argue with the guy. (laughs) Argue is a strong word, but I wanted to disagree. But you wanted to defend yourself because no, no, no. this is not my change of heart. I have a giving heart. Can't yeah. you see how giving my Look heart awesome is? Look I how am. awesome Here's I am. Here's a dollar. Meanwhile, yeah. he watched me load $50 worth of coffee in right. the Jeep. Yeah. Um, and the, but that's not the, you know. That's, I know that. That's the, human, that's the sure. human part of you but coming out. But it's so easy, even for a minister getting ready On a Sunday morning. To deliver. I was yeah. literally in the Jeep. What happens is I'm alone. We I drop everybody off at Harbor Hall where we have our Sunday services and we unload some stuff. And then I drive back out to get the coffee. And I'm almost always alone in the Jeep for that drive back to get the coffee. And it's five minutes away. And during that time, I usually am thinking about what I'm going to say. It's another chance to sort of make sure I have everything clear in my head. I just quick think about the key points, you know, that kind of thing. And so literally thinking about the talk thinking about all of this stuff. And today's talk, as you'll find out in a minute, is about being the light of the world, letting that light shine and all that, being out there doing this. And so everybody's a human. You know, I certainly am, uh, maybe more than most. And uh, I, so I had that moment of, no, 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 I, I'm doing a good thing. Come on, I'm not a jerk. I'm not like one of those people, you know, but there's no those people. Right. And the message that came through to me as trite as it might sound is you're not responsible for how somebody else takes what you give your job is to give and if you are that attached to how they receive it and what they do about it you might not even should give (laughs) you know what i mean but you're not gonna see that you're not gonna see that benefit come back you're not gonna see the 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 joy if you give with strings you can't and you're not going to get to the next level of your personal prosperity when those strings are still attached because you can't move if you're tied down exactly i mean to beat that metaphor into so it the was ground. it was it was a, a good moment as i was driving back to the church with the coffee going wait a minute wait a second i'm a sap but at least i was smart enough not to 
correct this guy. Right. You know, and it was. Because that's what he needs. Somebody that's homeless. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you how to live your life. how you did it wrong. Like the uh, George Clooney's character at the beginning of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I was like, well, that there is maybe why you can't seek gainful employment. But there was no, it was a dumb thing. Right. But I was so grateful that despite that moment of humanity, I was able to still give the Mm -hmm. thing and get a lesson. Nice. But the lesson always comes when you get out of the darn when you, way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But speaking of, of lessons, yeah. um, we have a lot of people, a lot of uh, youngsters in our church that are, are now finished with their scholarly lessons. Yeah, a lot and, of graduation, yeah, a lot and, of commencement ceremonies. Yeah, in the for... last couple of weeks, we had Cameron and Grace and Daniel Mia. and Michelle and Mia and mm-hmm. a bunch of people graduate and moving either moving on to Declan. more college or Declan is five four five five, five. yeah he well, he's going into pre K yep he he's or going VPK, into I guess yeah, yeah exactly don't and ask me what the V stands I for don't, I don't I don't know but our kids are very old there's and a spectrum it. and it's been so wonderful to see people across that spectrum of age and experience commence. Yes. I love that word and I'm not going to give you my my graduation speech but I love the word that 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 idea that it, it means starting a thing instead of ending a thing. We live in such a finish line oriented culture. It's nice that the idea is let's commence, let's go, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the eyes of the people who are graduating. So if you're one of those graduates or you're not in our immediate, you know, church family and you're listening from somewhere else on the planet and you just graduated Congratulations. It's a heck of a thing and I'm so glad you're doing the thing that you're It's doing. yeah, it's just been lovely to see all of the the families come in town and yeah. celebrating everything and we've been invited to a few lunches and dinners and and parties and mm-hmm. you know the last couple of weeks. So it's been really sweet and I've been very grateful to see um to celebrate with them for this accomplishment and every single one of them have plans about where they're going, about yeah. what they're doing. And I'm just so grateful that we have this church community and those people in our lives. It's really nice. And you know, you can go, you know, look at the news and there's stuff and you can get pessimistic, but then you see one of these young people and you go, you know what? We're going to be all right. Yeah, I think so. So thank you. And now we'd like to share with you the Water and Stone Worship Service for May 20th, 2018. The title of the lesson is The Light of the World. And it is the third installment of the I Am series. And it's been an awesome series that Pastor Dieter has been doing because it is taking on the times that Jesus says, I am in the Bible. And there's eight times that he says that. So this is number three. So we'd like to share this with you. So enjoy. So the scripture today comes from John 8, 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now I want to give you some context because it seems like a weird thing for somebody to say. This comes at the very end of what they call the Festival of Tabernacles. It's a, it's a time when people would come from all around and be in the presence of these incredible, well, imagine like giant candelabra or chandeliers. Imagine a, a, a Chihuly glass festival, but with more sandals, I guess. That kind of a thing. <laughs> people would gather from all around and be there with, to, to see these lights, these candles, this, this amazing display. And it wasn't just that it was a beautiful thing, that there was an artistic benefit there but the idea was if I can just get to this place there'll be a spiritual connection if I can just get to this place and be in this the presence of these lights these candles something will change in me and I don't know about you but I've had those moments too even growing up with these ideas that it's all about what's on the inside I've sure had moments where I thought gosh if I can just get to that place if I can just be in the presence of that whatever it is, something will change in me. Now, we know it doesn't work that way. You can be in the presence of all kinds of stuff. You can have breakfast with the Dalai Lama and lunch with the Pope and dinner with Gandhi. I mean, that's a lot of traveling, but one way or the other, it doesn't matter. If you don't have a connection in your heart, it doesn't matter who you're with or what you're in the presence of. But so in the moment of all of these people coming from all over the place to get some kind of an inner benefit from this outer light... There's our way shower doing what he does, saying, 
the I am is the light of the world. There's something more that has to happen if you're going to get your life lit up. Something on the inside has to happen. If you follow me, if you do these things that I'm talking about, you don't have to worry about where the next night light's going to be because you're the light. And that is a different teaching because as always, Jesus' mode of operations is to say it's not the outer thing, it's the inner connection. It's not the outer thing, it's the inner connection over and over again and over and over again, right? And unless and until that paradigm shift, that change of mind and heart happens, people are just going to swap out the nouns. Well, I used to worship this thing, and now I worship this thing. I gave up on these magic rocks, and now I have these magic rocks. The Oh, I was such a fool back then. I get it. And there are those people who say, Oh, okay, Jesus, I'm not supposed to worship the candles but then turn around and have that same mindset and apply it to Jesus. I'm supposed to just worship Jesus, right? I'm supposed to just not do anything, but sit still and he'll do all the work. There's that idea. And it is that idea that kept people small then, and it is that idea that keeps people small now. The idea that I have no part in it, that I'm supposed to sit still, that my theology is to emphasize the distance and the difference between me and God. And that feeling is very popular because it keeps people still. But it doesn't help. Over and over again and over and over again and over and over again, Jesus said, go and do. Jesus said, you are a child of God. Jesus said, it is not I but the Father who does the work. Jesus said over and over again, guys, quit worshiping me and go do a thing. This is important. But until that change of mind happens, people don't get it. It's one of those things that we continue to work on. I mean, I'm a dad. You know this about me. Everybody knows it about me because it's kind of at the, at the core of me. I'm in touch with my dad nature, if you want. You know, it's one of those things. That's the truth about me. And I'm still working on a lot of change in my life. I hope I never quit growing. But man, some magic things happened for me that moment when I knew I was going to be a dad. You know, it caused me to grow up in some important ways. At least that's what I tell people. But you know, it's one of those things. And I got to tell you, my kids are grown. And there's still a lot I don't know. But I've learned a couple of things. And one of the things that I've learned as a parent is that it is not my job to keep my kids small. One of the things I have learned as a parent, that's right. Yeah, she knows. One of the things I've learned as a parent is, it is not my job to remind my children that I am awesome and you are not. That is a popular model of parenting. We've seen it. You've been to Little League games or whatever. You've seen it happen. Not you, but you've seen other people do that thing where I can't handle the competition. And so I need to keep my kids small. I need to remind them that they can never be as smart, as fast, as strong. You're poor. I've got money. You want an allowance? (laughs) You know, whatever it is. You've seen it. You didn't do it, but you've seen it. Now, we know that a good parent is one who wants their children to be bigger, more successful, happier, smarter. My kids were smarter than me on day one. And at least I was smart enough to celebrate it instead of stuff it down. Like I said, there's a lot I don't know, but I know that. That our job as good parents is to hopefully help the kids be lifted up. Let them be better than you. That's what you're there for, right? And that's the truth of every good parent. It's the truth of every hero. The idea of a hero is let me inspire you to go and do a thing. It is not a hero's job or a teacher's job or a parent's job to keep people helpless. Otherwise, what's the point? In other words, if your job was to be nothing, why would Jesus have said the things he said? That's what I'm getting at. And so when he says the light of the world, it's a powerful example because where is light? It's not in any one place, is it? And the light is 100% dependent on you and me opening our eyes. That's how this works. Now that light metaphor is one that we've heard a lot of times. I mean, it's in the Bible an awful lot, right? You know, when I say light, probably one of the things you think about other than the beer commercial, which you should not be thinking about on a Sunday morning. What are you doing? 
When I say light, you probably think about the beginning of Genesis. Day one, right? Let there be light. Nothing else can happen without that. It's the foundational, fundamental, day one idea. Now, if you interpret the Bible literally, it's also a big problem. Why? Because day one, light, sun, moon, stars, day four, what's up? Not the sun. (laughs) If you interpret the Bible strictly on a literal basis, this becomes a big problem. But the thing is, nothing, nothing is supposed to be interpreted on a purely literal basis. Paul says in the Bible, these things contain an allegory. But more than that, you're not just literal. There's more to you than skin and bones and uh, credit report. Hopefully, right? Right? In fact, the most important parts of you are so much bigger. And as it turns out, if we learn to interpret the Bible in a deeper way, we begin to realize there's a really important lesson there, that light happens before the channels of the light, so to speak. The important lesson is that the idea comes before the manifestation. The cause comes before the effect. This is important because you and I and everybody else are working on our own seven days of creation. You're trying to have something happen in your life, whether it's happiness or health or a good marriage or just figuring something out, the job, the whatever it is, right? In your seven days of creation, let day one be father. Let me just get the idea and it will play out in my life as it needs to. But that part's not even my job and certainly not right here on day one. The idea comes first. But we talk about that. Light comes up a lot in the Bible. That part where he says, like we just read, I am the light of the world. But there's a companion piece, a bookend piece to that one. And you know the one, don't you? So often, we have these feel-good messages and we say, you know, you're a child of God. You can do anything. You know, go and say and think a powerful thing. And I think How to Win Friends and Influence People is one of the books on the piano out there that somebody at USF got done with because either they had friends or they didn't influence anybody. I don't know. (laughs) But it's a thing. And you read the positive books and you get the positive message. And I don't know about you, but I have certainly had moments where I have been in the presence of incredibly motivational speakers and thoughts and ideas and felt good about it then gone, yeah, but who am I? I don't, I can't do this. I don't deserve this. Who am I? And I am certain that there were people who were in the presence of Jesus when he said the things he said and the healings happened and he said, your faith has made you well. And somebody in the crowd must have said, yeah, but who am I? I think that everybody has those moments So I really want you to hear this. When they asked Jesus, who am I? He said, you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. This thing that that makes everything go. This thing that's at the core of everything. That is all at once so much bigger and so much closer. That's who you are. Who are you? You're it. You're a child of God. This can happen. Whatever it is that you're working on can happen be done right before that light of the world part though he says you know you're the salt of the earth what does that mean I mean everybody likes fries but that's not what's going on you're the salt of the earth and what he's talking about is that salt is good for preserving things and it's good for flavoring things it is your job and my job our job to keep what's true sacred and safe to stand up for it And in the course of standing up, sometimes to be a little salty about it. You know what I mean? Something beautiful about that. It's who you are. It's your job description. But you know, salt has that power of dissolving into whatever you're cooking. And there's a lesson there, too, about getting yourself, lowercase s, out of the way. Bless you. feel very Catholic right then. Bless you, my son. You know what I mean, though? Salt dissolves into what you do. And so part of it is a lesson about getting yourself out of the way. And then when he says you're the salt, and then he says you're the light. The idea is you've got something to shine. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. And doesn't matter what other people are going to do with it. Just shine. And he doesn't say you shouldn't hide it. He says you can't. It will come out sooner or later. 
So I guess the next natural question is to go, okay, well, which is it, Jesus? Where's the light? You're the light, the light of the Genesis. I don't even like Phil Collins. Where's the light? Am I the light? Where is it? And the answer is yes. Which one? Where is it? Yes. Yes and, right? There's something beautiful about that. As it turns out, light is like love, is like truth, is like healing, is like beauty, is like spirit, is like Everything that matters, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And in fact, when we get really good at saying, wait a minute, that's the light. And wait a minute, you're the light. Even though sometimes eh, this situation hard to see, I am determined to see it. When we decide that the light is wherever we're looking, we begin to realize that our job is to step backwards from the manifestation and get into the realm of cause. Can you get past where things are on the outside and get to where they are on the inside? Because... That's when things change for you. And you begin to realize that the people around you are just channels of something much bigger. Things change for you. And until you can see it, nothing's going to work. That's what's on the table. After all, what's the purpose of a lamp? Is it for staring at? Only if you like purple splotches. Lights aren't for staring at. Lamps are just a channel of the light. Light is a bigger idea, this bigger concept. It's about being a channel for something bigger. And I got to tell you, if something's not working for you, whatever it is, people aren't getting along, nobody sees what you want them to see, the money's not working out, the love life's not working out, the physical experience isn't working out. If something's not working out for you, ask yourself, am I being a light? In other words, am I shining on what's going on in my life? Because that's your job description. Am I shining on what's going on? Because here's the thing. This is like a remedial Christianity, spirituality 101. This is the thing, right? Here it is. You ready? If you're working on any kind of a miracle, any kind of a demonstration, this is what I need you to know. This is something that I go back to when I forget because I'm a human and I forget and sometimes I can't get the flow going. And I, oh, wait a minute, that thing, 101 level thing. It's like take the car out of park if you want to drive somewhere. It's like that level. You ready? You are not the source, and you are not the destination. You're not the source, and you're not the destination. So many times in my life, I forgot that. And something has to happen sometimes. I'm smart enough to have it happen the easy way. And sometimes, ooh, not so much cosmic two-by-four situation. One way or another, the universe will remind you, God will remind you that you're not the source and you're not the destination. This is important because so many people try and be the source. They've read too many books about how if you can dominate your to-do list, you can dominate your day. And they want to be the source of all of the good in their lives. And people are smart and people are strong and you can do a certain number of things, but it just makes you tired. Remember, God doesn't get tired. If your life makes you tired, maybe you're given from the wrong place. Yeah. You're not the source of your good, and you're also not the destination. In other words, you're not where all the good stops in your life. There are some people that just think this is where it ends, and they wonder why there's no more, you know? We talked about that book, Lessons in Truth, a little bit last week, and in it the author says, imagine a fountain on a mountainside somewhere. Beautiful fountain. And that fountain, can you see it? And that fountain is, I'm trying to act out a fountain. And that fountain is fed by some stream somewhere else. And that water just comes down. There's a spring that is eternal. It is not the fountain's job to be the source of the water. Water doesn't come from a fountain. But it's also not the fountain's job to hang on to the water. Because if the water doesn't flow, the fountain ain't a fountain. It's a statue. That's different. It is not living up to its design. Right? You get it? You know why that's important? Because the fountain is you. And the fountain is me. This is our job. You're not the source of all of the good. It comes from somewhere else. doesn't even matter where it comes from. But part of your job is to let that flow. Your job is not to be the source or the destination. Your job is to be a steward, a shepherd, a caretaker, a steward of the flow. Ask yourself, am I doing enough to make sure that the flow is clear? 
Am I doing enough to get out of the way of spirit expressing in my life? Am I doing enough to let God do what God needs to do through me? Am I doing enough? My job is not to make it. My job is not to bask in it. My job is more like plumbing. <laughs> Your job is to be a steward of the flow. And that's really important because there are some people who are really good sculptures. They're gorgeous, statuesque. They spend all their time making sure the features are chiseled and the metal parts are shiny. But there's no flow. There's no water. There's no expression. There's no giving. And they wonder, why doesn't anybody come and drink from this fountain? Why doesn't anybody come and bathe in this? Because you're not producing any water. You're not a fountain anymore. You're a statue. If there's no flow in my life, is that God's fault? Does God stop being God? Does the sun quit shining sometimes? Yeah, I know it's raining, but the sun's still doing what it does. Whose fault is that? If there was an interruption of the flow in my life, if there was a clog in the flow in my life, it's me doing it. Now, I'm not doing it on purpose. Maybe I'm afraid. Maybe I'm doing an ego thing. Maybe I'm angry at somebody and I don't want them to have some good in my life. That's yucky, but I get it. If there was an interruption in the flow, it's me being, let's say, afraid. So I want to give you some spiritual roto-rooter. Oh, that was a weird thing to say, but here we go. Spiritual Drano, that's better. Slightly. Also sounds like a good name for a band. But anyway. Anyway. Wow. Coming up next, spiritual Drano. Yeah. It's an all-ages show. Anyway. Here it is. If there is an interruption in the flow, if there's a clog, something like that, I want you to remember something with me. It is not about you. It's not about you. Like I said, this is something I've had to be reminded of more than once. I'm not picking on anybody. But it's not about you. This is the thing. When something's not working in my life, I need to remember, wait a minute, it's not about me. So many times it's easy to go, where's my good, my healing, where's my thing, whatever it is. Well, my job is not to be where the good ends. And to the degree that I let go of that, something amazing happens. My job, your job, our job is to find something bigger. Let us be the kind of people where the relationship isn't about the attention the other person pays, it's about love. Where the job isn't about the money, it's about a calling. If you want it, whatever it is for you, to work, find something bigger than the moment. Stop looking at the lamp and start looking for the light. Find something bigger and things happen. It's not about you. It's about the light. And that's huge. I promise that idea will change everything. And when I say, ooh, it's not about me, you know where I'm going to go next. I'm going to start talking about forgiveness. I don't know if you've had this experience. Maybe it's just me. But I've had lots of times in my life where I've thought, oh, how could they do it? How could they do this to me? How could they say that thing? Don't they know what I feel about that? What about the work that I put in or the thoughts that I have or whatever? How could they do this to me? Only to realize it wasn't about me ever. That thing that person did, they weren't thinking about me. They were doing their thing. And maybe it was a dumb thing they were doing, but they didn't know any better. Am I going to keep the chain of aggression and anger and hatred going on because they were doing the, the silly best they could? Does that help their silly best get any better? Remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the I am and who am I really? You're a child of God, right? Image and likeness. We talked about this. And so let me ask you this. Does God get offended by some dumb thing somebody did? Does God get slighted by that? Wouldn't be God, right? That means that the child of God in me, there's a place in me that is unoffendable, unhurtable, unkillable. And to the degree that I choose to get in touch with and come from that place, things begin to work out differently. To the degree that I decide, you know what? I can't be hurt by something that somebody did. 
They probably didn't even mean me in the first place. But let's pretend that other person that you're thinking about is some kind of arch enemy, Professor Moriarty, in the drama of your life. And they're just going, <laughs> I'm going to make them feel sick and hurt and afraid. Well, guess what? If you hold a grudge, you feel sick and hurt and afraid, and Professor Moriarty wins. So either way, the way to be the light is to lighten up. The way to be delight is to lighten up. It can't hurt you when you decide not to be hurt. Yes, it's true. Sometimes, just like we would say to a little child, we have to find a way to say, you know what, we're not going to treat people this way. You know what, I can't be with you if you do X, Y, and Z. There's nothing unhealthy about that. But it has to do with seeing them as someone who is growing, even if you have to see it at a distance. Can you see the light? Because here's the thing I want you to know. We increase what we praise. You ever heard that before? You probably heard it before. We increase what we praise. Say that with me. We increase what we praise. And I need you to know that, and it sounds very biblical, but here's the idea. You get more of what you pay attention to. That's all it means. Praise is the power of your attention. You are putting your faith into the thing that you notice. When something happens and it catches your eye and, and fires your heart, that's praise. Even if you didn't know it, even if you're not wearing your Sunday best when it happens, as it turns out, there are six other days of the week. And God's still God and you're still you during those days. Everything that you pay attention to is praise. Everything that finds a foothold in you is praise and you get more of it. We increase what we praise and so here's the thing. What do you see? I mean, think about it. Previously, we asked that question, who do you think you are? And then after that, we ask that question, well, what do you want? The new question is, what do you see? What do you see? Because I guarantee you, that's what you're going to get more of. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is sound, your body is filled with life and light. And if not so much, then not so much. Paraphrasing. But you get the idea. If you see what's really there, Things change for you. This is important because so many people think that they can force good to happen if I just know the right magic words. If I can hocus pocus, mama say, mama saw, mama kusa my way through this. Yeah, he did it. He did it. Some people think if I just know the magic words, I can just sort of make this happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> It'll be starting something. Anyway. Anyway, there are those people who think if I can just say the right words, if I can find the right book of affirmations, I can make it work. But as I always say, prayer doesn't start with what you say. It starts with what you see. Your words come after your inspiration. Look for the inspiration first. And you and I both know that. Well, maybe you don't know that, but I can tell you I do. Because I have had moments where I found some beautiful affirmation, where I felt so poor, let's say. And I picked up a book like Prosperity that says, God takes care of its own, and you are an infinitely rich child of God. And I read that, and I go, well, that's gorgeous, but it doesn't feel true. And I can practice those affirmations till the cows come home. I can practice it when I'm alone in the car. I can practice it when I'm not looking. I can practice it when I've been pulled over by the cop for saying my affirmations. I can practice it all I want. But if in my heart I say, I am a rich child of God, and in my heart I go, yeah, but I don't feel that way. All I'm doing is lying. The affirmation becomes a lie, and you can't lie to yourself for very long. So it's not about what you're trying to convince yourself of. It's not even about, well, I see that that person is no good, but I'm choosing to imagine them wearing a nice outfit or the spiritual equivalent of that. That doesn't work either because, once again, you can't lie to yourself. If you want to change the way that you live, change the way that you see See past the way that things look. See into the child of Godness of them, and you will start to see it in yourself. That's how all of this works. It starts with what you see, and yes, I know, there are some people you can't see it real close. One of the beautiful things about St. Pete is we're just a stone's throw away. Don't throw any stones, but we're just a stone's throw away from the Dolly Museum. And there's that great one where you get up close, you can't tell what the heck it is. Some people are like that. But you back up and you back up. Oh, wait, it's Abe Lincoln. You know the one. Some people are like that. 
Sometimes we can't be right in the mix with some people. They're working on some stuff that might feel toxic for you. It's okay. You must get to a place where you can see honest Abe. And that may not be close up. It is your job to see at whatever distance you can see. It is your job to see them as a child of God. It is your job to find that invulnerable place in you and see it in them. What do you see? That's the question. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Because Jesus said, I see the light of the world. You are more than whatever you've been through. I promise. And you know it because it calls to you. Jesus calls to you and says, be this thing that you are. The salt of the earth, the light of the world. It is your job to light something up, to show somebody the way. And maybe you don't know where it's going to go, but just light up the next couple of steps. That's all you got to do. You know the next step you need to take. Just one. That's enough. Find it. Don't worry about what you have to say. Find the vision and the words will come by themselves. Your light is the truth. Speak that truth to power. Say what you got to say. Stand up for what's right in your heart after you know what's right in your heart. And people are going to take it any old way. Let them surrender to that. See it and speak it. And then set it free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you, everybody. digging into this lesson, I really love what you have done and how you have asked the questions. So the first week was, the first week who be- do you think you are? Yeah, because the first week was the I am. It was about before Abraham was I am. It's about identity. Mm-hmm. And so the natural question is, well, who do you think you are? Are you the physical parts of yourself, mm-hmm. for example? Are you your bank account? Are you your physical body? Although, just like I said during the talk today. And then the second question is, uh, what do you want? And then today, the question, as you just heard, is what do you see? And I really wanted to, I, I kind of backed into it. When I planned out this series, it didn't occur to me that there would be eight corresponding questions to the eight I am statements, but it has worked out nicely. And I think that it's so beautiful to ask that question because I got to tell you, so many times people have come to me to pray for whatever it is, healing or a you know, relationship fix or money or, you know, whatever it is. And people often pray in spite of. In other words, I want you to heal this relationship even though my significant other is a jerk. Mm -hmm. I want you to pray for this healing even though I'm sick and people get sick all the time and it's just something that's going around. People often want to pray in spite of a thing. And if you think about your own life, it may be that it's come up for you. I've certainly had times when I've prayed for prosperity in spite of poverty, you know, feeling that way. Well, what you see is what you get. And I really wanted to bring out the idea of of the concept of magical thinking and magical words because so often people think that if I just repeat these affirmations over and over again, and if I see you bathed in white light even though I hate your guts— those are lies. Right. And you're you're only going to get you get that the result of that that distance, that separation. You're praying a prayer that isn't what you don't want that. You don't want more of that person being a jerk, let's say, or right. more of you feeling those jerk kind of thoughts. Well, there's there's a couple of things that really came out for me today. Okay. There's three different points that came out and as I was I was listening to um, the service and the first one was pretty obvious was in it's about forgiveness and you know this this is a talk you know who, you know what do you see and it's not just what you see in yourself but it's how you see other people and it was such a beautiful metaphor for me when you were talking about that famous dolly painting mm-hmm. that was you know where the Abe you can yeah. sometimes you can't be so close and caught up in other people's drama or chaos or whatever it is that they're doing that you have to back up in order to see them clearly you have to get out of the way and i love that well that was really important because sometimes well-meaning people in the spiritual world say well if you love them more you'll just keep on enabling their 
dysfunction. So mm-hmm. many times people go, well, why can't you be more Christ-like about that? Well, the truth is Jesus was very clear about when dysfunctional behavior had to stop. You know, this is not a thing. Being spiritual doesn't mean putting up with stuff that hurts. And I really need people to understand that there are certainly people in my life who I really wish them all the best. I want them to be free and happy and healthy and prosperous and everything. But I recognize that their behavioral patterns and their ideas are not compatible with mine. And it's not about right and wrong. There was a time in my life where it was about right and wrong, but I got more grown to do, but at least I've grown past that. Well, and I think, I think when you have a disagreement with somebody or you're not seeing, you know, eye to eye with somebody, um, and it, that can manifest in a lot of ways. It can manifest in, um, a fight. It can Mm -hmm. manifest in, you know, bad money decisions. It can manifest in all kinds of ways. But ultimately when that something happens, you feel hurt, you know, you, you get hurt. And so the natural reaction, the human reaction to being hurt is to, is usually to lash out. Mm -hmm. And it's usually to argue, to defend yourself, to, you know, to be the right one. And I think that that's okay to do, Yeah, but you cannot stay there and you have to realize, speak your piece, say what you say, what you think, and then move the heck on because they're not going to be able to see you clearly either. And you're not going to be able, you're just, you're too close. You're too, you're too up in each other's Well, and it's, it's this matter of going, do you need to be right? Or is it okay with you that God is right? Mm-hmm. And, other, and that, what I mean is spirit has got to be in charge here. And if you're still in a place where you need that other person to agree with you, that's ego, that's personality stuff. That, and that ends up being a selfish thing. You might be right, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You don't need somebody else to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. And so there are certainly times when it's very healthy to have some distance. Because if I'm right up in the mix with somebody, it might be that I'm too close and I can't see their light, their beauty, the work of art that is in front of me. Because there are, once again, there are people that I'm just not compatible with because I'm a human being and so are they. And it's not about them being wrong or me being right or vice versa. It's just about the idea that both me and the other person deserve happiness. And so for me to see them as a work of art, I have to have some distance. And maybe that's not always the case. Maybe, you know, things change, people change and so on. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, I reference it during the service, but Here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth, there's this really neat painting. And when you get right up on it, it just looks like a mess. Yeah, like blocks of different colors and like weirdness. You can try squinting at it or whatever. But it's it's positioned at the very end of this sort of hallway. And if you look at it from far off, everything kind of comes into focus. And it's a picture of Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really neat moment to remember that there are people who are like that too. And it takes me to another one of the points that I really wanted to bring out, and that is the point that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really key to remember that that my spirituality is not about my healing. Right. Healing happens as a byproduct of your relationship with spirit. This is not about you. And in in an interpersonal level, a lot. And I said this, but I want to I want to underscore it. I can't tell you how many times somebody me or somebody else has said well how could they do that and you realize later that they weren't thinking about you right it wasn't about you at all they were just doing their thing and their thing could have been misguided or dumb or selfish or not well and i do the the wrong way i do the opposite of sort of the mother's guilt kind of deal (laughs) okay which, which is like well you know how could they you know how could they not love me? How could they, you know, blah, yeah. because look how awesome I am and look at all the sacrifices that I've made for them and blah, blah, blah. But you but have no idea if you they don't know see that. If they, yeah, exactly. And maybe you are just God's gift and you are, but you know what I mean. Everybody right. is, but maybe you are just doing everything right and firing on all cylinders. It might be that you remind them of some growing places. And right. I was going to say, that. they you may, they may come up against you and you remind them of, you know, great aunt Bessie that was a horrible person and they, they're not willing to get to know you or go on that level. But for whatever reason, they're not done with aunt Bessie mm-hmm. and they, you remind them. So it brings up a lot of stuff. Or you hold You're up not a mirror. responsible. Yeah. Maybe yeah. by your behavior, you hold up a mirror to a place they don't want to see. But one way or another, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You have zero control over that. And this is that, what is that to the follow thou me kind of a moment. This is that moment of, this is not about you. And the moment you really get that clear 
And uh, after church, we were you know, kind of gathered around and different people come up and talk and a bunch of stuff came up and I'll share one of the things in a minute. But the thing about this is a gentleman came up to me and he said, you know, I've had those moments where I've really carried a grudge. And he said, I realized that I want to, I want to get this right. Cause the way he said it was so powerful. I don't know if I can do it justice, but the, the, the essence of it was, I realize that it takes exactly as much energy to hold the grudge as it does to love that person. Right. And the thing is, holding the grudge has such a negative impact on me. I feel terrible. Well, it makes you feel versus, horrible. Versus even something simple like paying them a compliment makes me feel better. And it's it's the the same amount of gas in the car gets me to either destination. So which one do I want to go to? And I thought that was a very interesting way to say a smart guy. But uh, you know who you are if you're listening. So thank you for sharing that. But there's just a lot of moments like that that, that I really wanted to bring out about just don't be the lamp be the light don't be the source or the destination be the channel and i wrote down healing comes for me if i let go Mm -hmm. to help others and be happy in the flow i must release my way of forcing nice and so that was kind of that was the culmination of the lesson today so it's like what do you what do you see okay this is not about me and I need a little bit of rhyming there. Potent don't know it. But, <laughs> but really, it's a nice way. You know, what do you see? This is not about me. And I think that that is a really powerful, powerful affirmation to take into this week. And I'm really going to practice it. Me too. You know, there's a lot of stuff that came out for people. And the last thing I want to say is I talked about the idea of are you a fountain or are you a statue? Mm. And somebody else came up to me after the service and said, you know what statues attract? bird poop oh i love that yeah i was really i love that that. that's amazing yeah that's amazing And i hadn't even thought to bring that out but you know there's something really powerful there and it's uh i i was really grateful to have the opportunity to bring this lesson to our people this morning So now we're at the check it out part of the show, and that's where you can come find us all kinds of places. And I'll go quick because there's so much. What I want you to know is the best place to find out what we're up to is to go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com, waterandstonechurch.com. You can go there and find maps and directions. There's a great calendar. You can find uh, this podcast. You can find amazing blog posts. I write something every week that's designed for you. And just all kinds of great stuff. There's just so much. There's so much information there. And also, if you go to any page of that website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, if you go there, you scroll to the bottom of any page of the website, and there are links to all of our social media accounts, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and so on. Come follow us at those places. It's a great way to be in the loop. I also want to talk about a couple of ongoing things that we do. We have our Wednesday morning sunrise walks, and that happens every Wednesday morning at 7.20 a.m. We meet at North Shore Park, and we walk for about a half hour, get some coffee, walk back for about another half hour. We're outside. We've been watching the sun come up. Mm -hmm. It's been really, really beautiful, and it's just a really nice time to come together in the middle of the week, kind of to refocus, share some fellowship. And so I invite you to join us. Um, the stuff is all over the website, the map, the location, yeah. everything. But if you're really thinking about coming, go ahead and either call us. There's a number on our Facebook page and a contact form. You can also email us. Let us know that or you're coming. Facebook message or Yeah, whatever. there's a lot of ways that you can par- contact it's, us. It's a bunch of stuff. The park is a big place and we'd hate to miss you. But also, we're getting into a time of year here in Florida where it rains sometimes in the mornings and sometimes for our other mm-hmm. stuff. We can get rained out and we. it's good to check in and make sure that everybody's going to go, that kind of thing. So let us know if you're going to come out. Absolutely. Another place that you can join us is our Sunday sunset celebrations. And that is about a half an hour to 40 minutes before the sun sets. I think it's setting a little bit after 8 o'clock now. So we've been meeting. Yeah. Yeah, we've been meeting around 7.30 or so. And that is at St. Pete Beach. Again, all the locations and the maps are on our website. So go ahead and check that out. But come and join us. It's a nice way to end one week and begin the next and it has just been something that I oh, treasure man. every single we week. We live in paradise. Absolutely. Know? Another couple of times that we meet during the week is for our men's group, our men's circle, and our women's circle. And our men meet on Tuesday evenings at 7, and our women meet at 
on Thursday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And just contact us for locations because it changes. Places, yeah, it changes and, and all that good stuff until we have a permanent space um, and a permanent building. We're kind of just all over the place. But I love that. I think it's really, it's really great. And finally, I want you to know uh, there's a couple of things. I said finally, but there's a big hunk of finally. One of the things I mentioned before was our website and our YouTube channel. I want you to take a minute and go to our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. We've got amazing shows. Uh, This Day is a show about cooking, kind of, but it's really about how to live this life and the little lessons that make a big difference. And it's just my favorite. But I've also put together some videos that explain some of our basic beliefs and how these things work, what we do about prayer, for example, and how to live the life. There's so much there. But all of it leads up to what we do on Sunday morning. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., we meet at Harbor Hall at the University of South Florida's St. Petersburg campus. And Harbor Hall is at 1000 Third Street South. Once again, there's maps and directions on the website, but we're there every Sunday at 11 o'clock. And man, it was so good today. I just love this family that we're building. I love everything about it. It is it is a church that I love. And I, I've not been able to say that about church. I've always enjoyed church, but this church is my heart. It's just something else. And I would love for you to be there with us. A good way to stay in the loop about some of the things that we're doing is to text I am ready, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y, all one word. Text I am ready to 84576. Text I am ready to 84576. And then you'll be part of our automated texting service about once a week or so. It's not a big deal. We don't inundate, but uh, about once a week, we'll send out our newsletter about some of the high points about what we're doing. If there's any news or something that we need to, to let people know about. If there's a weather concern, if there's a thing, if there's a triathlon like there was a few weeks ago that meant you had to drive a different way to get there, it's a great way to find out what's going on. So once again, text I am ready to 84576 and or check out our website, waterandstonechurch.com, and you'll know what you need to know to move forward. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the head honcho of Pinfeather is Raina Randolph, the handsome and strong. Raina Randolph is half of the music that you hear, and she edits these podcasts and does so much to make everything work. The other half of the music that you hear and one-third of our amazing Sunday morning band is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. That means a whole lot of things, but you can find out the details. If you go to our website, there's a there's a donate page where you can find out how to donate electronically, how to shop on Amazon in a way that, that benefits us, and all kinds of other things. But the truth is, there's a lot of other things you can do too. You can write us a five-star review on iTunes. That means a lot, and it helps promote what we're doing. Please go subscribe, like, uh, put the thumbs up thing, add a star, whatever it is. Share it with somebody. But most of all, the thing that we need you to do is show up. Be there for us during one of our sunrise walks or sunset celebrations. Find out about the men's group or the women's group. Find out about the things that we do like our amazing service projects. And most of all, be there on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock at Harbor Hall. It's going to change your life. And because of that, it's going to change your world.